Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? Been on a podcast. Oh, first time for everything. Um, Dad. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi. No, you can talk. <laughs> um, so, happy birthday. Today's your seventieth, and I'm very excited for this conversation because I'm going to basically quiz you on your life and find out more about you. Oh, you know. All yeah. Right, okay. Which will be great. Okay. I know a lot, but there's a lot I don't know, and I think it'll be really lovely just to have a chat about right from the beginning through your childhood. Lessons learned, passions, best decades, fun you've had, challenges you've experienced, and we'll go through. And you can withhold any information you like because I, I know you're very I private. Not that you have too many secrets. Um, so, what mm. was it like growing up in post-war? I think the war had yeah the war had finished by about fifteen years. Um, in your household, what are your when I ask the question, how is it like growing up? What was what comes to mind? come to mind a very jolly upbringing, very happy, yeah. in a family environment with lots of cousins nearby, which was lovely, so that's why family oh, did they? I didn't know is, they lived all nearby. I see who you met at the party last yeah. night. Her dad's garden went one way, our garden almost touched it up 90 degrees, oh, there wow. were long gardens, I think there was one or maybe two gardens, but she could stand on their apple tree. I would stand on our pear tree, and we'd shout to each other. And I thought you'd say lob fruit at each other. No, we could lob fruit, but we just shout at each other. Oh. And so, so that was great. So they were around the corner. Yeah. Uh, Uncle John was very hands-on. He was carpenter chap, although what he'd unfortunately done is shot most of his fingers off with a shotgun, and he had only two fingers. Like your dad? Yeah, well, but not in the war. This was just using a shotgun um, but he ended up using those two fingers fantastically he could write he was an architect and he could draw with the uh, two fingers and, yeah. and he was did lots of carpentry and and my dad wasn't particularly hands-on bless him so he was a good so, artist though I remember he did some good little sketches well did he oh. grandpa yeah oh, I don't know about that so you know more about him than I do yeah. and uh, so anything like trying to build a sledge or a um a trolley which would go down the hill because uh, where you know where yeah. grandpa lived at the bottom of the hill. I love that back in your day it was about crafting your own things, making do, making you don't just you didn't pop to the shop and buy a sledge. Like people would make it or they would yeah. or would fix things and, and well, you respect could have bought, their you could toys. Have bought a, shed, a sledge. But it was you no know, let's try and make one. So. Or was there a, a little bit of um still the mentality of we're in post-war so we must save I know that's quite your approach to life now and yeah. I don't know if that's it came more from mother than it did from Real dad scarcity sort of a she used yeah, to collect I mean, we everything there was no we didn't go hungry we no. didn't have seconds of food and so you had because mother didn't like cooking all that much but same meals all the time pretty well repeated yeah. Like a lamb lasted a, a good week and then yeah. and that sort of stuff really. Um but it was a Did very... your mum work? I know dad your dad, grandpa, was a dentist. Yeah. Your mum worked in the war efforts with or something to do with the horses. 
Well, she was a land army girl. Oh, sorry. I should have said, Dad, can we turn phones off? So I'll just, you answer off. the question and I'll put that on. You turn my phone off. Uh, I think we've had all the goodwill messages that we're going to have. And yeah. loads of those, which is lovely. So she was in the land army during the war. So she was used to working hard or whatever. She trained as a cropodist. So she, she right. did and people's feet at home and went out and worked in a couple of factories and did their so she was around but more so when we were at school yeah than when we were little i mean i can't remember when we were tiny 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 um one thing i do remember is that i've always been a bit noisy because but I, i'm learning that that's probably just boys to be honest, like we've had the pleasure of hanging out with the whole family this weekend. And George is just a happy, noisy little one. And my, they're not my three, but the stepkids, the three little ones, they're so, they're boys. I think that is... Well, it might be a boy thing. Because we used to have, the parents, my dad and my two uncles, had cine cameras, which were like videos, I suppose. Did you? Yeah. And they, it was, you had a, a film inside. Didn't know they were invented by... Oh, yeah, they had a film... <laughs> In there, and it used to go when it was on the screen. Yeah. So they take a picture, all the pictures of family holidays, gardens, and whatever, and then you put a screen up, and then you have a projector, projector yeah. with it going from one reel to another, and it make that funny little noise, and that on would come no sound, but moving pictures, moving pictures yeah. of black and white to start with, and they went in years yeah. later into the colour department, I suppose. And I was always there if I was there in front of the camera, sort of being... Did you feel silly. maybe there was a sense of wanting to be seen? Were you kind of showing yeah, off and feeling so, a bit yeah. bit maybe not given enough attention? Or? I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, I just... Because we I should probably... And, yeah. and felt that I should have all the attention or whatever, I don't know. And also, probably worth a mention that you've got a sister, so maybe you felt that... Although you, I'm sure you had a great relationship and you played oh, games and stuff. Like mad. I think all siblings do, Dad. But maybe that's the difference. If you had a brother, maybe you felt you would have had someone to... But you got mm. really into sport. I mean, I'm assuming that came from a really young age. Well, it was because the family was very sporty. Yeah. On the dad's side. Yeah. All of them. With my grandparents, they had five kids, three boys and two girls. And all of them were sporty, because Grandad was pretty sporty. Yeah. Well, it comes, I mean, your genes go back generations, don't yeah. they? So yeah. back and back and back. And so uh, it was passed on to me, luckily. I'm not a great, I'm not as accomplished as you are as a sports person. I've always been yeah, you a... Are. No, not really. Cause I'm not that accomplished, Dad. I just play well, no, but lots you, of different reached, sports. Well, I play lots of different sports, but I've never really reached a higher level. Well, nor have I. Well, yeah, well, you've breached on and certain things. It's not and then, me, so, but, yeah. but luckily, being a, a reasonable eye hand coordination, I suppose, and having m my mum used to throw tennis balls at me and we'd practice. It wasn't really? dad, it wasn't dad doing it, it was mum doing it in the garden. And, and if there was a the tennis ball went over the uh, smallish garden, well, it wasn't that small, but it wasn't huge, but went over the fence in a certain direction, um, I had to go round and give my pocket money sixpence to oh, Mr really? Wilcox oh, that's so um, to get the ball back, to try and get me to hit the ball on the ground, not in the air, basically, but you sometimes talked it over. And that sixpence apparently would come back again to my parents who would give so it to me. So it the same one So it's the same sixpence <laughs> did the rotor, basically. Oh, that's cute. Which was lovely. Um, but it was Mum who did that, and she was the one who taught me to catch and yeah. hit and 
and thought that was quite good. And she enjoyed horse riding, so she went horse riding with Bridget. Yeah. I mean, Bridget can That's your sister. hit a ball, sister, can hit a ball and catch a ball and do stuff and whatever. Um, but didn't play a lot of tennisy things. Well, I think it's of the era. I know you're not that old, you're 70 today, but there's much more exposure and encouragement for women in sport, females in general in sport are encouraged just as much as boys these days. But when you were a kid... Uh, before, I think... But my two aunties I was referring to, they played loads of sport. Yeah, OK. Loads Thank of sport. You, yeah. And when you go to, which we don't these days, going back to the sports field where we all ended up on a Saturday afternoon mm. and the blokes played cricket, the girls did, they played tennis, yeah. more so, and they've got the list of the club champions. Oh, yeah. You've got uncle's dad, my dad, and, and my uncle's sort of got the cups for various things. But on the tennis side, for the ladies, it was always yeah. the aunties who got it. Yeah, amazing. And time, when they were around, anyway. And then at school level, you, I'm assuming, represented it first grade. So by the time you got through school, you were a first grade cricketer, first no, grade rugby. No, I wasn't anywhere near that. Weren't you? No, no. I've no, always no. thought you were way more athletic no, than you. No, 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 no. Like first grade in school level grade. No, like you played. But even, even that, it wasn't. Really. Well, you mentioned today when we were just having a little walk back from the tennis club that you were a bit knocked knees and you're a bit gangly and because yeah. you're so you're six foot six or maybe you've shrunk yeah. a bit now, but you're fairly tall. Mm. And it broke my heart a bit because you said people used to call you horrible names. Well, they, they did, and that's what kids do. And I was dead skinny. Yeah. And so I wasn't. Chaz the Spaz, that's yeah, horrific. I mean, is, that's so unpleasant, well, you can't well, even say that word these days. Well, you can't, my mouth but, out, but it's, it's like, just, it's the way it was, everybody teases other kids. Were you, do you feel like you were bullied any more than anyone else, or you just took well, it on your chin and you thought, you oh, just, that's just life? Or? You just took it on, I suppose. Everybody, other people were. Because anti-bullying is such a thing in schools, like... They've they've got movements, they've got programs, they have people go in and they teach and you, you say something like, I don't like your jumper. Well that's considered probably bullying these days. Whereas back in the day I feel like kids are well, naturally cool. You just did it and it was it, it was bullying was there. And, did it ever affect it, you or you I just I've got no idea whether it did or not, I can't remember really. I mean I think I was pretty upset at being picked on at times. Yeah. But I didn't I've never been a great retaliative person, so I wouldn't no. go and, and hit somebody and be known for no, because you're just a bundle and, of love. And that so, well, positive. I've that but and and so it was, you know, but I've been lucky at school, very lucky at the school I went to, because I've always been a scraper with exams. Well, this is my next question because I don't know. Did you get an official diagnosis of dyslexia, or you just no, we just no. assume? Just assume. Yeah. Because you, you've got I mean, your... I I'm absolutely dyslexic. And thanks to you, Dad. your sisters are. So yeah. it didn't come from your mum's side. It came from my side yeah. of the family. And when so you were that, at school, was it of the era where you had the cane? Or was that phased oh yeah, out? You, were, you had the cane. If you Did were, you ever receive... No, naughty enough to have a cane. I had a slipper. Slipper you'd get if you did something. Like an actual slipper? Yeah. Like a woolly, woollen, warm slipper? Well, like you'd call a slipper. We'd call it a pair of Dunlop trainers or something oh, like that. Oh, like so a shoe. A, a shoe. Or I can't believe they did you get that. A, a ruler wrapped on your... Or girls as well, wrapped on your knuckles if you were 
because that's what it was called for punishment. I mean, it, it was just the way it was done. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, yeah, if you were really naughty, you got the cane. Did you ever get a slipper or a ruler? Yeah, I probably got a slipper once or twice, I suppose. You got the slipper at my school, which was just a, a lucky enough to get through the 11 plus, and it was a grammar school, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Um, so if you got slippered, the teacher would slip you in front of the class. If you got a cane, it would either be, in the early days, it was on the an assembly in front of the whole oh, school. Oh, God. Because Mr Roberts, the headmaster, would person so to try and yeah. make an example. But those who had the cane thought it was a badge of honour to a certain yeah. extent, so they just wanted, didn't want to get caned all the time. Um, but then you might go to... So it was didn't happen lots of times, so it's... And did, in ref- reference to your learning, did you ever know that you were kind of falling behind or just, just keeping up? Did you ever think, oh, well, gosh, was... I'm not really dealing well here with the curriculum? Did you ever think, I don't know what's going on here, I'm really... Fo- there were times when I was struggling, and I did struggle, and my reports were always should do better or could do better or yeah. whatever. And in the end, it was O-levels and A-levels. So O-levels are like GCSEs. Yeah, like A-level, A-levels are the same, aren't they, really? So I, yeah, I think you needed five A-level, o, O-levels rather, to go into the sixth form. Yeah. And in those days, it was, one was the top, uh-huh. and it went down to six. And you had grades and in between. And six a pass, just and about. six was just a scrape. Well, yeah. I got four fives and two sixes. Oh, well done, Dad. <laughs> so I just squeezed my way through to the oh. sixth form, so I managed to do that. Uh, so that was okay. And then the A-level results, either playing too much rugby or cricket or just not concentrating or whatever, were... Or genuinely being dyslexic oh, and finding well, mental learning hard. You can't dyslexic, can you? Uh, on being dyslexic. But that, just one pass at a bottom rate... Uh, in what level, subject? Biology. Oh, that's so good. so that was there, and and I then thought, well, there was a good trip I went on after the sixth form around Turkey, and there's they do it, they've resurrected now, but in, in the early days around then there was a very posh train called Orient Express, which went yeah. from I think well, there's a film London, about that now. There's a film, isn't it, all the yeah. way through and go through to Paris and then carrying on all these exotic... Well, we... It was a chemistry master guy, three brothers, a pair of twins, and one who was... In fact, had been at school, but had left, and we went, the three of us lads, went with Doc Campbell, and we camped and we did all sorts of stuff going along the route of Sort of trains. like a gap year. Well, it wasn't a gap, it was a gap... Or a gap experience. A post It was just for the summer holidays. Yeah, OK. Because Doc Campbell knew his chemistry upside down, and he would leave on a trip bit like a Boy Scout master, but he wasn't. Leave on a trip the day after school finished. Yeah. And he'd come back the day before school was supposed to start. Yeah. Because he knew chemistry like but yeah. he didn't have to, you know, do services, plan, he yeah. could just get on with it because he knew all about it. And so we went on this fantastic trip all the way round, going into Turkey up to the Russian border, and then came back round by the Mediterranean and mm-hmm that sort of stuff, and managed to get my passport nicked once, so I had to leave them and go back while I was in Turkey to get a, a new passport, which is quite interesting, and do all sorts of things like that. Must find... I've got the film somewhere on little... Uh, their little slide 
there's a slideshow. Yeah. Which I've got somewhere, and the notes. Because yeah. I can't remember. I did the slide, I had a camera, so I did the pictures, if I remember, and Rich Pranef did the writing so, of the notes. So they have to do that, if we can find a projector. Yeah. Off uh, the back of that, then, was that an informative trip? I do, I wish uh, Will mentioned on the podcast that you do waffle. So you started by oh yeah, explaining, say, and we've got exams, lost on the... Yeah, so. we, we talked about exams, and we talked about... Bear with him, that. everybody. Yeah, he gets so to the point eventually. We get there in the end. So just go on a little uh, side trip. Yeah. But when we were, we were in Athens, when the A-level results came, mm-hmm. and the Braniffs twins weren't known for being the brightest boys but each of those got two A-levels right which meant they could go on and do whatever they wanted to do and I got one E which was the bottom yeah which meant nothing now when you talk to people I was talking to somebody the other day about what they want to do and oh yeah I've got to get an A and two B's or two A's and mm-hmm. a B well no chance of me getting anywhere near there so I then decided, well, probably at some stage I ought to try and do something better than that. So I went to the Tech College mm-hmm. in Sutton Coalfield yeah. and redid the A-levels, well, just two of them. And so that was useful yeah. to do that. It was a gap. So you stopped being a student and became, uh, sorry, a school kid, became a student before thinking of further education in a way. So that was a good yeah. break and managed to get slightly better grades. Yeah, good. Slightly better grades. So at this point, were you thinking, I've got no idea what I want to do as an adult, or you thought, I want to be an estate agent or a charter surveyor, or I want to work in this field, I need to work towards that, or were you still thinking, I've got no idea? No idea. Mother, your granny, said to me, because Dad and the family were all dentists, all the blokes, weren't they? Yeah. But you're not going to stand up all your life looking down people's mouths. And I said, on time, she's in no. Well, no offence, Dad, you probably wouldn't have passed the exams. Well, I probably wouldn't have dentist. passed the exams, so there we are. So You'd get a bad neck and a bad a ba- back absolutely. being as hatchful so as you are. That wasn't going to work, was it? So, um, doing the time at the College of Further Education, mm-hmm. we used to have career lectures from people yeah. just coming. And they had a theatre, quite a Good, so they did, I think they did drama as one of their courses with the seats going up like that. Mm-hmm. And us boys used to sit on the back row looking out of the window. And there was a guy, well, there wasn't a guy, there was a, a, a BMW in those days. They had the, the three series and the six series, but they were boxy ones. They're not swanky like they are now, but the yeah. same sort of idea. And this six series BMW appeared and stopped outside of the doors. Oh, wow, look at that car, isn't that fantastic? And this chap got out, looked wearing a smart suit or whatever, and then this young lady got out, wearing smart gear, nice jeans, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they thought, mm, okay, well, she, I went. And um, blow me, that chap and the young lady appeared on the stage. And he just said, um, well, I'm a chartered surveyor, and you can go to college or you do it at night school if you're into property. Uh, that's great. If you like people, that's fantastic. If you like property more, you go work for the local authority. If you like people more and you want to play the odd game of uh, golf, which I do now and again, yeah. you go and work in private practice, which is working mainly for what in those estate agents, because estate agents yeah. also had charters of as they're all together. Um, and, and I thought, wow. And he, he then said, this is my assistant. 
she's training to be a surveyor. Oh, God, that's, I can't believe your whole career was dictated and it upon was, a woman and, and, and a nice car. And a nice car and a good-looking girl and a chap oh, who played God. a bit of golf. And so I went I mean, home yeah. and I said to my folks, I know what I want to be now. Oh, wow. Okay. And then I just managed to <clears throat> scrape through with my two extra A-levels and did a very late application to Bristol, what was then Bristol Polytechnic. Yep. It's the University of the West of England now, but they hadn't transferred it all over. By the by. And said, look, I'm here, do you want me? Yeah. And whatever, and they said, yeah, come along. And then how do you, because obviously you're Birmingham, so for those that are not in the UK, you ended up in Worcester, which is probably about a 45-minute hour-long drive south. How did you end up here from Sutton Coldfield? Okay, well... Or Bristol, rather, you Bristol, started Bristol. Bristol, Bristol yeah. Poly, three-year course, some are four years, and you have a gap out, mine was a straight three-year course, <clears throat> and managed to get a job, which was um, in Fleet in Hampshire. Yeah. And working with an estate agent who was surveying, it was a big, had about 13 offices. And so you went there, because when you go and do your... Uh, after the first year, you have to do professional practice stuff right. and have a diary signed off. Mm -hmm. So I went there and did that for the first year, um, well, the first six months, but there was a guy who worked in the auction department at the back who had an auction room. Mm -hmm. So they had the office at the front and an auction department at the back where they sold stuff, antiques, old bits of furniture and all that. Of stuff. which we are surrounded in your lounge by Absolutely various every single silver auction, tea the, strainer. There were two the auctioneers lounge. and the younger auctioneer played a bit of cricket. Of course, I got to know him, so I ended up playing with him at Dogmansville Cricket Club up the road. And we got on, and then one day I said to him, well, wouldn't mind fancy having a go at what you do, sort of idea. Mm -hmm. So I had six months at the front in the office and then went to the back in the auction department. And one day when he was there, because I used to, they call it run the sheets, where the auctioneer writes the number down of the, the bids and whatever, and yeah. I had to take the sheets to the office and help people take stuff to the car and whatever. And he just one day said, right, and your auctioneer is Charles Robinson. <laughs> and he walked off. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. How old were you? Um, probably 24. Yeah, right. And he just gave me the gavel yeah. and I had to get on with it. Great. So that was the start of me doing some auctioneering. Yeah. And so back to my initial question five minutes ago. Uh, um, how did you end up in Worcester? How do I end up in Worcester? That was as the quick first as you can, one. Please, it was, to well, the, as quick to as the you point. can. So it's, it was um, fleet first. Yeah. Then they had an office in Froome, the same lot persons. They wanted somebody to go there and manage it. So after an 18-month audit, Basingstoke in between, and then went there. Yeah. And then I thought, do I want to stay with this company? Because I had a one plan, which was to be a partner of a firm. I wanted to have a stake in a business. That's yeah. one thing I wanted to do. By the time I was 30, and there was possibility of doing something at Pearson's, but an advert came up in Worcester for, oh. an, for a partnership. Did you feel... Like that was super brave and, and were you apprehensive about moving from city to city? Because all these places are fairly far apart, so you'd have to re-establish yourself socially, yeah. you'd have to did that was that daunting or was that actually well, quite exciting? It was. it was a bit daunting, but exciting. But again the sporting aspects, especially especially the rugby. Yeah. Playing at reasonable club level rugby, which I did, yeah. was a good intro. Yeah. Into a social scene. Well that's away. why we're so we're 
one way we're so similar is that all of my social life is really sports. Most of my friends are from sports and I, I, I've done episodes on sports and I've spoken heavily about the importance of sports for personal growth, for building trust and teamwork and establishing incredible connections. So, Just yeah, once you can, if you can be, if you can use sport to help yourself integrate into a new society or a new social setting, then yeah, you're, good. it's an easier pathway in. Amazing. So um, we brush over quickly how you met my mum. Obviously, you guys aren't together anymore, but uh, internet dating wasn't a thing or these uh, dating apps now. wasn't a thing. No. So well, the, I, I'm the, assuming it's You know, I first all said about when I, the, the chap with the smart car and the suit yes. and the girl with the jeans yes. appeared and I thought, well, there we go. Well, mum appeared yeah. in the office. And you were driving no, I was a BMW? No, I was driving a BMW or whatever. I wasn't doing anything like that. So she appeared like you, plenty of suntan because you just popped over from Australia. Lovely to see you at my party. Total surprise. So yeah. That was lovely, lovely. Yeah. So mum had been abroad, holiday looking fantastic, blonde and, and whatever. And I happened to her in the office and started talking to her and... I yeah. said, do you want to go out and look at a property, rental property? So we went, and I wasn't really doing rentals, but I thought, isn't nice. I was so well. Um, I'll take and, this one, thank you. And then, thank you very much. And then I said, oh, you better could, you want to have a beer later on, or whatever. And we seemed uh, to click, and so yeah. that, that sort of happened, really. Yeah, great. So she was new to Worcester, I was new to Worcester. Oh, that's nice. So you could so it within a, settle together. Yeah, just sort of clicked off and 20 odd years together, which was lovely. Yeah. Um, in terms, I'm going to kind of jump ahead quite quickly in increments. The next sort of phase of your life, I guess, is parenthood and responsibility in work. And you really blossom into a very, well, I wouldn't say mature person because I don't think you've ever matured, but Probably a man no, with no, no, no. new responsibility. So were there times, obviously in these conversations, I like to dig into people's feelings and and go quite deep or a bit more emotional slant on the on the questions but when you became a dad of three very quickly because my twin sisters are a year older than me and at the same time I assume you were thinking about or you'd already just taken over or joined partnership in your first estate agency and then you became independent sole partner and all these big things were happening in life did you ever think oh my gosh this is huge or you just took it in your stride because you've gone from someone who it sounds like had quite a challenging experience at school, maybe wasn't lacking in immense confidence, oh sorry, maybe was lacking in confidence, um, just bumbling through life to then on paper, you think here's someone that owns their own estate agency firm and is bringing up three kids. That's quite... I'm doing a house up. I'm doing a house up. Which we're lucky to get hold of, a big house. Huge house, amazing. We were so privileged to yeah, have that upbringing. Yeah, did it ever dawn on you? Did you ever pause to think, oof, I've right. got a lot of responsibility here? Well, it wasn't so much responsibility. It was <laughs> just great belief that in times in life, you have to make decisions. Yeah. Not very often you've got big decisions, because they can't be big decisions all the time. Lots of them in life are little decisions. You've got to make them. But they're big decisions. You think, well, I must do that. Yeah. Do you, you find do that it? easy, making decisions? Um, I think about it a bit, but I know if I want to do you something. You trust your gut. And I just do it, because whether it's to do, I keep chatting to folks and say I was 23rd of April, it's my birthday, St George's Day, which is lovely and whatever. Yeah. 
Taurian, in the, I don't really know about the styles much, but a Taurian is bull in a china shop. Just, just go for go it. Straight, go for it and just make a decision and that's it. And it, yeah. You do it and if it's the wrong decision, well, tough, but you just do it. So occasion things pop up and you think, I've got to go for it. Yeah. Did you ever, let's take each one of those three then, so your career, children, and then your house, which was your pride of joy. Children. Did you ever have a, a desire to be a dad? Was it something like a calling? Well, you know, I, some I, mums think, oh, God, I just want to have yeah. a child. You I can be honest. It, so no, I, yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> didn't honest, want to. I, mean, I can't send you back. It's too late now. <laughs> the, the idea of having kids was gr- a great idea because I'd enjoyed my family. Yeah. And the cousins and going to the cricket field and playing with them as a yeah. youngster and then all that sort of stuff, really. Um, at the time, mum wasn't initially all that keen on having kids yeah okay and said it you know okay well but it would just carry on doing what we did so I did my sports and she did most other bits and bobs or whatever um when we were before we were married and then how the long were you together before you had children well, about seven six seven years because mum not massively late but in respectively to the norm I hate that word but most people were having yeah. kids in their early 20s and she left oh, it until she was 30. 30 into the 30s so yeah. it was I wasn't so, sure if you met later and had us uh, later well, but well, it sounds was, like you had no, a good no, life before kids. No it was we had and she got doing her career with her lawyer it's the biggest sister and yeah, going through yeah. that and all that sort of stuff really um so I just realized I'm doing what I tell you not to which is um isn't that interesting you're more polished now at talking because you haven't done it at all, and I've done it several times, so I've noticed. Don't worry, Dad. No, I just should breathe, carry on. So, Mum didn't particularly want children at an early stage where we met, and then the idea, well, if we're going to have them, we better have them, have we? Oh, are we? Okay. Well, if we're going to do them, I think it's nice to be married if we're going to do them. Let's do that. So, how romantic. So, we do that. How, so, yep, okay. Well, you know, we'll such an out, old okay. school philosophy. Or it thinking. is. So, we had a great party at the place we used to live at, Kinnersley, had a tent on the garden and yeah. all that sort of stuff. That was lovely, lovely. And then Europe came along, and that was fine. And then. What? It doesn't really matter, but you got married. How long later did we arrive? Oh, it's only within the year. Within a year, well, the, oh, the yes. twins did, and then yeah. that was one of the when you say it's sort of the moments of my life. Well, I think wow, because yeah. I went to have the scan, and Mum was quite large. Mum, for those listening, is a very naturally slim, slim tall, yep. very slim. So yes, and so went to have the scan, and then the nurse said, "Oh, there's well, there's the baby. Oh, look, there's another one." And apparently, I went white. <laughs> oh no, I went white, dear. <laughs> uh, so that was that. So. Two babies in there, so that was lovely. And, so, and then it was a matter of, well, what, you know, what now? The kids have been born, do we just think about, is that a f- complete family or whatever? And the, the thought was, that would be nice to have another one. I said, well, I think we want to, if we're going to do it, let's do it quick. Let's do all the nappy phases and together, all, all of together. the, yeah. And, so, and luckily, there were two of you, Olivia. Thankfully, there's only been one of you. So... Could the, you imagine if you had a, two sets of twins, twins within 13 months? Oh. I mean, we're essentially triplets. It's mad what you did. This is absolutely crazy. Anyway, so that was that. And then I went to see a man with a sharp knife. So that's <laughs> like, definitely that out. Our family is done. <laughs> that's right. There we are. The humanity has benefited if you know, they have done through our benefit wow. me. So that was that. And then the 
well, the house, the big house, the Hill House, which you'll remember. Yes, your pride and joy. And which is good fun with a bit of a wreck. Which, I'm just going to quickly paint this, the scene. I, you might um, correct me on some of these, but I'm pretty sure there was a recluse living in there. Half of the house didn't exist. Like, there wasn't a roof. There was some kind of ruined rooms. There was a hole in the roof above the bath, whatever. And there was pigeons, game, pheasants hanging up in oh, the yeah, kitchen. Well, yeah. well, you wouldn't recluse. He was a, a chap who... A happy loner. Uh, well, no, he had a wife as well. He was oh. a teacher. She oh, was wow, a teacher. okay. And the house prior to this had been, at one stage, a mental asylum no, and no, no, a school. No, it hadn't been a, no, what it had been, it was a, it was oh. a nice big house on a hill. Eight bedrooms, it, eventually. It, but it was, was it five bedrooms or six? In the, the main, main house bed, and then the annex. And then the timber annex, which was a school unit. It was a school, yeah. local school, apparently, at one time. But pra- I swear I... And all the, if you remember, happen, the way you remember, all the bedrooms had numbers on because they used to rent, when it stopped being a school, a private house, then it went to split up to be a school and then pro- people used to rent the rooms. Oh, wow. So what, they, did, what they, era did it date back to? 1800s, 1700s? Yeah, I think it was Really, really old. Yeah, 1800 and something or whatever. Yeah. Um, the, the, but the timber annex was 1920, I think. And I think you paid something like eight, £80,000. £80, well, like the money is... Relative. It's, it's, but, well, it's not relative because, it, all right, it was the right amount of money. It sounds nothing now, but then yeah, it was a long time ago. Because yeah. you were born there, and you're what, nearly 30, you're 34 or something? I am, Dad, well done. Yeah. Um, so we're talking 35, 36 yeah, years ago, which is a long, long time. in the bedroom, because yeah, Mum, well, you had twins in, at the end of the bed, and yeah, Mum hated hospitals, so I was born in and my bedroom. So, or in the bathtub, I can't remember, you were somewhere close anyway to that. But the place was at a stage where it needed, it wasn't falling down, because you must get a mortgage on it, but it had... Things which need lots of things that needed doing. Mm. It was a, a never-ending project. By the yeah. time you'd painted the exterior and gotten all the way around, yeah. it's probably so three years of past to do it again. We lived in the annex before we went in the main house because the main house we had to re-roof and had to do all sorts. And somehow, because I have got lots of money, somehow we did it. Yeah. Not probably. Would going you say on that's one of your proudest life achievements? Mm. I would if well, I was it's, you. No, it, it was a great project. And I enjoyed doing it, and it's given me... Well, I did one or two houses before, not myself, although I did got got in and did a bit of DIY and mm-hmm. O-level woodwork stuff and whatever, but yeah. big stuff needs to get builders in to do things, really. So it was the biggest project, yeah. which both your mum and I got involved with. Yeah. I'd done some beforehand. So it was great to get it to the level Yeah, it was, and so we were looking, it's just a shame that... Life got in the way when your mum said, we've got to sort out our problem. And I said, oh, what's happening? So there, there was lots going on. Probably not say too much because I was doing lots, but life was busy on all sorts. So yeah. that's why I probably think, not having enough time for each other or whatever, I don't know. I think being... Now I am of an age where I know the extra pressures of life when you have to hold a career when you have children in the picture when you have your own interests and hobbies and you know how you like to construct and live your life it's really challenging and I do empathize with any new parents you actually actively have to make room for the adjustment and I think there's a lot of dads because they haven't had the nine months of growing a baby or that and I know this is a bit judgmental of just to say dads, but there's probably mums as well. 
something has to give. You cannot continue your life post-children exactly as it was before. And I think there's probably some resentment because like, why should I give up golf on a Saturday? Like, I love my golf. I've done it for 20 years. Why should I not stay late at work? I love my work. And, and it's like, yeah. well, because something, there's this whole new human being, miniature human that's come into your life that you are responsible for. How can you possibly continue everything else and still bring up this child? And then when three of those come in very quickly, there was probably an element of not evaluating your whole life as a big picture and going, hmm, okay, what am I prepared to sacrifice a little bit on to make room for these three miniature people? Instead, you probably thought, oh, well, they'll just, I'll just add that on top. But you can't do that with kids. And then you possibly also neglected the relationship because if nothing gives, then how are you going to, you can't, you simply, if you have your maximum, I think jugglers, there's a theory, the physics of it, you can actually only physically juggle 14 balls at once. So if you go into a relationship or a marriage and and then you decide to have children and you have 14 balls in the end and you're at your maximum already because you've got your hobbies, you've got your career, you've got everything going on and then you add another ball or three balls something is going to fall off. And people then go, I don't know what happened. We were so good and then now we're divorced. It's like, well, what do you think? What do you expect? <laughs> like, of course you're divorced because all the energy that you should have put to your relationship, you now have to put to children or all the energy you should have put to your kids, you've put into, like, it doesn't... I think sometimes I think, well, what, what are you thinking? Well, Clearly you, you didn't well, think. Well, you don't, clearly didn't think. Didn't, I didn't think. Because I yeah. enjoyed everything. So it was, it was a matter of getting... And I remember, this is not a criticism of you, this was just you doing what you enjoy, which is you're absolutely within your right to, but Saturday mornings and Saturday afternoons, Saturdays was you, was all about you. So we would come to your work, we'd go watch a £1 movie mob, which was basically a children's film at the cinema next door, we'd um, exhaust the the sherbet orange machine with drinks that slotted down and then you put add hot water, but we just have it neat and do shots of sherbet all morning, draw pictures in the morning until the movie mob, and then we go look at a couple of houses or come to an auction, and then we go to cricket to watch you play cricket, and then we go home. And the whole day was so that we fitted into you, uh, which I didn't know any different, but I think, you know, whether that's right or not I don't know where mum fitted in that picture <laughs> she didn't maybe but I'm not here to criticize but yeah it was quite interesting to to look back now and this is being very honest an issue that I struggle with in my relationship with my partner is that we're both extremely busy and we have many passions and we want a really beautiful connection but we're struggling both of us to let go of the things that we love because we're afraid to lose ourselves in the relationship but the irony is in order to have a relationship and find ourselves together we have to let go of some bits which is hard to do you have to you have to almost have the foresight to go it's going to be worth it to gain the new connection from the relationship or the new great thinker of the future i mean i've just been a reactor Going back to your Taurus. And then just reacting to circumstances, and that happens because that appears. Oh, I'll have a crack at that because that's appeared. There's been the odd thing you planned, but nothing fantastic. So, but I didn't know that about you. Yeah. So you had your goal, though, to be a partner before you're 30. So that was something that you really thought, you know, set a goal out. Yeah. In, did you manage that? Yeah. Yeah. 
But aside from that, you don't... I guess skiing holidays. We, we That was my favourite week of the year. An absolute highlight. We'd all bundle in the car and drive for four yeah. days to ski for to five. And then, oh my God, God so much fun. Um, mum would always plan that, wouldn't she? Yeah, mum was the holiday planner. Well, with Julie on, who you sort of met again yesterday yeah. at the party. So they would do that. Yeah. John would get involved and I would just sit in the back and let him get on with it and say, well, you sort it out and, as we did. And yeah. Just did the washing up. and. Well, I guess other. that's why there's two different people in a relationship because then both can bring the different well, elements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I love that we did holidays and had planned th- things that clearly been thought about by mum and prepared for. And then we had the spontaneity of just going for a walk or going for a run or doing something active with you. So... I love that. I love that I've inherited your passion for activity and sport and we'll get on to your volunteering and all the gazillion things you do in your days. And that's very much how I live my life. How long do you want to keep talking for? Well, we can chat for as long as like. Usually an episode's about an hour. I mean, I wanted to try and get to some deeper questions. Well, your poor listeners, they want to... They can know. zone out. They've probably, they they're probably not even out. got to this point. But oh, I would God. like to ask a couple of more... Um, Personal questions, if that's okay. Okay. Um, I'm intrigued because I'm at this point in my life where was there a point where you got really upset or it shocks you or annoyed you that your body wasn't giving the performance that you needed in terms of your sports and your and obviously being tall and your knees and there was that skiing holiday we had to cancel one year because your back couldn't handle the journey. I'm at a point now. I thought, I'm going to swear, swear, but I was like, shit, I've reached my prime. There is yeah. very little hope of me being well, better the, than what I was. The difference, between, as I mentioned earlier, this wasn't me trying to be ultra-modest, but because I've never had a peak of performance, mm. I've played good standard local sport, Mm. Lucky enough to be. But good even at that. just and waking so, up in the morning and not feeling stiff. But you stiff, do, you do or, feel, and you think, oh, that, that hurts a bit, or that, and and it's sort of, I suppose. And of late as well, I'll just, I'll just mention, you've had a few little procedures and tweaks. I mean, I love that none of the Robinsons take medication. I know that's a more of an American thing, but you don't take blood pressure controllers. You don't take. Warfarin, well, or you don't take need, any of those things, but that's it. quite unusual at your well, age. Well, it might be, I don't know. Because if I mean, luckily, I quite enjoy keeping moderately fit. I'm now feeling that I could probably, after the last bit, what was the hernia, wasn't it, to try and get back a bit of fitness because I can yeah. feel myself not being as yeah. whew, as I have been in the past. Was there ever a point where you thought, oh my gosh, I'm getting old? Like your greys oh, well, came through last, yeah. or you no, had a bad incident or an accident. Last, or... Well, the knees packed up, as you know, and had various things done to those and got those back in working again, which is good. Um, but I know because I've stopped playing team tennis, yeah. which I quite enjoyed. Don't play cricket anymore, given that up, the old boys cricket, which was lovely. So I made a decision, fine, don't do that, but I want to try and get back and do old boys golf. So that's that's good because there are, as you know, various levels of performance, yeah. and you can slot into your age. Group oh, and you can represent. You know, you can you, play for whatever. England at the oh, over well, seventies yeah, yeah, well, if you wanted. You wanted, which I <laughs> you don't. Qualify now, but <laughs> you do do stuff like that, which is lovely. And so I think you just get used to the idea. Yeah. And it just says, okay, well, I've done my bit, and whatever. 
Um, Are you surprised that you're 70? Or do you think... I mean, in a way, I am. Because I think, oh, that sounds old, that does. And I still want to do lots of living. Yeah. Do you th- just think, how has life gone so fast? I, I wake up sometimes and I panic that I've, I'm running out of time. There's so much uh, I want to do. Well, but do you I feel quite content? Not, not panic. I don't think I'm panic. I think now that every day is a bank holiday. Yeah. Because it is, and you know what day is it today? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, what day is today. And so, and you have to look at your diary to think, oh, Jesus, because I'm doing that tonight, and I've forgotten all about it basically, and because you've written, but it's written in yeah. that you just sort of think, okay. I mean, I do, and I have done in the past. A lot of my life has been associated with organisations. Yeah. So you've got linked into various things which have provided an activity or a social level yeah. or something. So it's somebody else's And I'll put that in context. Last night, Emma, my sister, did a quiz for your party. And it was one of the rounds was named the logo. And there was logos of pretty much every organisation that you've been involved with. And there was probably logos left off the list. And there was 20 logos. And you are... So connected to supporting well, things, charities, wildlife trusts, volunteering, giving food to women who are trapped in their flats because of flooding, like reading school kids, doing this. It's, I don't know anyone else that is so involved in the community. And you are a bit of a local celeb, really. So many people know who you are. And um, I think that's due to just the fact you've just been connected to so many different organisations and groups. So maybe because I guess I had this perception that you were actually a better athlete than you were alluding to now. So um, maybe I preempted that having a slight decline in your physical ability just through basic old age would have more of an impact on your life. But it sounds like actually other things have taken priority yeah, and, a, and give you the in, same amount yeah. of satisfaction. Well, probably the reason you thought I might have been better because from an early age... I wanted you to be able to hit, catch, and yeah. appreciate high that came from Granny? Because Granny well, did that with you. You just thought people, that's a good parenting People thing did to do. say when you appeared, oh, are you disappointed because you've got three girls? You haven't oh, got a boy. so old-fashioned. And I said, no, 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 they'll be well, able to. Well, I'm a tomboy anyway, so I, well, did, I right. probably so, turned out all right. I said, they're going to be able to hit, catch, and do stuff. Yeah. Because that's what we're going to teach them to do. What well, they, our life what they, what they was do outdoorsy with, growing what, up. What they do mm-hmm. with that's up to them, but yeah. they're going to be able to do that, which they can do, they being you and your sisters. Yeah. And so that's great. And yeah. so that was, that, was, that was a good thing. Yeah, cool. Are there any best moments? If I say, what was the best decade of your life? Just instantly, just a decade comes to mind, I think, God, that was a good time. That was the heyday. That was the highlight. I don't think there's been a great decade because there's been highs and lows because there are lows in life. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you Okay, think. maybe a great uh, just, age or a year just, or two. Or... But I've enjoyed my life. I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed school more later at the end. Yeah. Probably because, not because I felt all the exams became bottom, but because I started playing in the first team at rugby, got my colours and then the cricket and got my colour and so I you had your badge. I asked you if you played first team and you said no. Well, that, but that's for school, so it just that's having your said, badge, Dad. did you? That's yeah. what, sorry, I got it. So that's to get right. that, you were somebody who got that, that and, yeah. and so that was okay. Um, 
and then the if you want to if I want to be a bit daft when I was at the college the further education they have a student have a rag week yeah and we call it and freshers so, week now. well freshers well they go yeah. but they did stuff in the community raise a bit of money for charity do a few daft things yeah and we had one thing was a beauty competition for blokes yeah I know this story, but you know the story, and uh, so the fact that I was probably one of the few who dressed up as a bloke with swimming costume, and all the others dressed up as girls with beards and all that sort of thing, I became Mister Sutton Coldfield and was on the front of the Sutton Coldfield News, and so again a little shallow, shall we say? But that is something you know. Now and again, have a look at the photograph. Think, oh, okay, fine, Um, and so daft things like that. Yeah, you've never, you've never been. Worried, and it might go back to because you don't analyse all that much. You're not a deep not philosophical a thing, thinker, no. but you've never really cared about what people think of you. And I think that's one of your absolute best traits: is that you're so unapologetically authentic. And that might be weird to even say that as a sentence because you might think, "Well, why should I bother what people think of me?" Well, but yeah. too many people go through this life too worried about how <sighs> they're going to be. Well, I do think so. By I have been and probably still am moderately vain. So I do think... Really? Yeah, yeah. I've just cut the back of your hair, Dad, because you left strands know, hanging I, the, the out. The front was you can't be that, good. The front, the front was, was fine, but you can't be that vain. So I said <laughs> up until recently I've been moderately vain. So so that was okay. And probably I should, as opposed to, which I do, just open my mouth and say what I've got to say without thinking about it. Yeah, I tell you should, for that. should actually just think, you know, how is it going to affect somebody else? What I wasn't I thinking when I said unapologetically authentic... It's more about you, how do I put this? You kind of do things that I would find socially a little bit embarrassing. I know that I'm your daughter and dads are meant to be embarrassing, but you will hum if you want, you will sing if you want, you'll talk to a complete stranger if you want, you'll be, uh, you just go through life adding energy and vibe and, most people are a bit more reserved. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say, is that you, you just are out there and you, you just do you. And it, it, there's times I think anyone else might be a bit more embarrassed to be that bubbly and eccentric. And I always describe you as a reincarnation of Postman Pat crossed with the BFG, the big friendly giant. Because you're kind of like a caricature, but a live person. And just a bundle of energy and vibrancy and... Endearing, you're very endearing in a weird kind of way. Oh, I, I hope, I hope I'm well, not hopefully. insulting you by anything well, I'm saying. But it's nice to be the um, you're unique, one, one you're very thing, unique. Well, very, one thing my mother yeah. said to me once was that you strive to make everybody like you, yeah, which could either be and, a wonderful uh, attribute or come from a source of insecurity. It can, like, it's from insecurity because if, you, if you're wanted to be liked by yes. people, you're yeah. insecure. Now, maybe I've grown out of that, I don't know, but I can be quite happy with my own skin. You asked me the other day, because now the time, the length of time between mum and I splitting up, which was the worst day of my life, you asked me what the best day, the that worst was my day next on my question. was going to be that day we were in the kitchen, yeah, and, she and said then we, and we had to say we got some news and you ran out and we had to, and you were... Whatever age you were, you were eight or something, nine, were you? Uh, I was 11 when you told us it took a year it, to sell the so house. So it did, yeah, yeah, so it was there. So that was the worst day of my life. 
Um, and I still do recall. Was that day was, then oh. actually coming up with the decision? So telling Lucy, Emma, and I was harder than was well actually because we had to say yeah. to you we had to and that made it real, I guess. Yeah, it made it real. So that was the the worst thing really. Um, so I have. You were saying about the, the time, the time, that, the, time yes. the time scale from that time when Mum and I split up, and then to now. Yeah, has been is, longer now. It's longer now than it has been. Yeah. When we were together. Yeah. So you could say, but it was lovely to meet her yesterday, and yeah. I think we both had a feeling it was nice to to actually see each other. It was lovely that she came with you. Yeah. Well, you can thank me because if I hadn't come from Australia and needed a lift, she wouldn't have been there. Well, she might not have been, but it was lovely that she was. We had a hug and it was lovely and then she chatted to people who she vaguely knew and that was super duper. Well, one thing that I can very much appreciate through my own dating experience is that if you have brought children into the world, you will always have a very strong connection. If you've grown a family... Lots of people who haven't. Who don't? Who just drove, drift apart? And I've come across uh, folks who drift apart. We maybe are I should unique. rephrase and say I can understand that there will always be the potential for an extremely strong connection oh, yeah. if you well, have brought children yeah. into this world and, and could, had a family. Be. Because yeah, that, you can't yeah. ever, you can't ever undo the fact that you have built something. You well, know, you've grown yeah. Yeah. people and you've you've forged a family. You built something out of nothing, and I think that. Is but I think personal circumstances and how life pans out or whatever, if they've caused a split and some people just keep splitting, never want to see each other again, never want to see the kids again, never just remove themselves from yes. their environment. So I think in a way, because it has been said to me, that we are lucky, Mum and I, because we still talk to each other. Yeah. Still happy to say hi and how are you and whatever, yeah. and share you three quite happily between us because there's no animosity if you're going to their place yeah. with Robin. Yeah. Um, because Mum and Robin have been together pretty well the same length of time as we've been apart, haven't they? So yeah. And 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 coming here, Mum doesn't think, oh, you know, the kids yeah. are coming here. It's just they come. I think to that see takes me. time as well, though. And we what we haven't spoken about, and I'm aware of the time, but. The very, very challenging period of when, just shortly after, we actually went our separate ways and you got the house at Drawridge Road and mum got um, different living situations. So I became immensely unwell and nearly died. Lucy, bless her, was having lots of issues. We won't go into the personals around that, but in terms of coping with that and you yourself were dealing with the fact that you just ended a marriage if you could go back now as yourself and you obviously come through that time and with 20 plus years on what would you say to yourself at the time you coped as best as you could mm. because the I would say that to you too I was very angry at you for many many years and even my friend from Australia came over maybe this is 10 years ago now, and I remember you went, you popped out and she was in the kitchen. She was like, Liv, why are you being so angry at your dad? I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so angry. And it's because I think I expected and wanted more from you. But now, being older and wiser and understanding the complexities of the challenges of relationships, you did the absolute best you could. Well, I could have in the situation. It would have been much, much better for all of us had I, and I do blame myself 
or, yeah, do if blame's the right word because you were talking Take about responsibility, priorities. Maybe I think blame is quite but, a weighted word. All right, but looking at the responsibility levels and something that Mum mentioned yonks and yonks ago about having that's that's at the top of the tree. Yeah. And that's then and that you've got to have the priorities in life. Well, my yeah. priorities were not linear, vertical; yeah. they were horizontal. So that was important, and that was important, and oh that gosh, was important. Oh my gosh, this is exactly the same as, and, and I won't then, name and blame, but my partner. And then, and then that was important. So if I was doing that now, that's important, but those bits aren't being totally ignored. So you compartmentalised. Yeah, and so yeah. as opposed to then thinking, oh, the first thing, the top of the tree's mum, so if I do that, I've got to think how the impact of mum is. I thought, well, yeah. mum's there, sort it out. Okay, fine, but I've got to crack that one. Yeah. And so that is probably my biggest... I think biggest... that's the biggest lesson, nugget, to take away from this whole conversation, and I hope that um, people have got this far, but is that in life you need to, I believe, make sure that you have a priority. Because if you don't, you you end up losing things that you think are on the same level as other things, but actually... If you really considered it and you went back in time, you'd probably say, yes, my family is my priority. Yeah. I'm not prepared to lose my family for the sake of this, this and this. And it's all hindsight, obviously. You can't redo really it. But you have to. I think you have to choose because otherwise you'll end up losing the very thing that you're taking for granted or that you don't realise is your most important. Mm. Well, I do consider I'm very, very lucky, as I mentioned last night, about people. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, however... It's managed to keep you three in a loving relationship with me because I could have lost you quite happily. You could have decided whatever to go off and. I don't think do I had a choice. You well, said we're changing on a Wednesday, which is the stupidest day of the week to change well, over houses. But well, week was, on, week yeah. off, Lucy and I spent a bit more time with you just purely because of your location was near the city, so they could go and get drunk and go have a party life. Yeah. I went to Mum's because of my own issues at the time, a little bit more, but. I think it was such a shock, actually, because there was no arguing. I don't remember any animosity, plate throwing. Ricky Ricky Lake no. had just come out, which was a TV show, but like Jeremy Springer, I don't know if that's his name, but basically like rough couples arguing on TV, super embarrassing. And I thought, we don't fit into that demographic. That doesn't match us. Like I, I just thought somehow you had to have no money or you had to have like 10 children or you'd have to be like beaten by your wife to warrant a divorce like the concept of splitting up a family that for me seemed perfectly happy and healthy you did an amazing job of hiding any well we didn't have any animosity um, but yeah. what we didn't have was the uh, enough reaction to speak to each other if we'd have been different and i because i'm pretty like back and your mum is as well and would to yeah. walk away from stuff probably as opposed to going well, complacency head on. isn't it I, I think and, this and is... then you didn't so if we'd have had more interaction yeah about us because we had more discussions about us having been to a late which was quite enlightening how to talk to people which mm. means we can talk it about it to one issue I have which I might hit a few people's nerves in this comment but I suspect there's a lot of people that settle and I think that is the most depressing thing you can do in any aspect of life, but often, obviously in a relationship to settle. Because when you experience genuine, loving, passionate, wholehearted, invested 
connection, nothing beats it. And to think that you might settle with someone for two decades, three decades, four decades, I mean, how boring. No, either break it off, go start again, find find that connection or spark, or work in the relationship that you've yeah. got. But to settle and take a person for granted who's created children with you, who's built a life with you, who's built your home together, it's like, oh, God, that's awful. It just makes me feel like, ugh, so depressing. So if you have got this far, that would be my words of wisdom. But this isn't my podcast. So let's wrap up. And if there's one residing kind of words of wisdom from a really old man that you are now of 70 years, whether a personal words of wisdom that you wish you'd kind of said to yourself as a kid, you'll be all right, Charlie boy, just keep doing what you're passionate about or... What would you say from from the perspective of now having lived 70 years on this Well, planet? I go back to a few things my dad said to me. Yep. Because my dad wasn't around a lot of the time. He wasn't away. He was being pulled Is that because he was working and, a lot? Yeah, yeah, working a lot. And then when he came in, he was playing bowls or he was at the debating society or yeah. he was doing stuff. So really you parented in the way that your dad modelled his parenting? Yeah, to a certain extent, I suppose. But he said, in life, do as much as you can. Yeah. But in moderation. What does that mean? Just Lots of things. Lots of things, but just don't excess uh, with anything in life, particularly. Take it one step at a time. But he was thinking, well, it could have been anything, I suppose. Don't play sport to excess. Yeah. You just don't do be it. extreme and don't obsessive. Be, just, just do everything in life, but in moderation. I love that. Which is a good good act aspect. And he said, if there's a problem, attack it. Yeah. Don't let it get a bigger oh, problem. I also love that as well. So just, if it's there, sort it. You've got a list of things to do. Don't put the worst problem at the bottom, yeah. but at the top. Because that creates an energy loop. So even if you're thinking about a problem, it's taking mental energy. Yes. And then you half resolve it but don't really put it off. The energy is still invested in that problem. So if you put something off for a month, you're still energetically investing in it. So you're still spending energy on a problem for a month. So as soon as you attack it, you close the energy loop. But my biggest regret, talking about mum, is talking about a problem and attack it. I didn't have the empathy to appreciate the problems she was having. Yes, well, you've always struggled with that. <laughs> I think you do struggle with empathy, I do Dad. trouble with Mr. You do, Plank. you struggle to put yourself, which is what empathy is, in the other person's yeah, shoes. So there we go. But, I mean, you can't be perfect, can you? No, we've all got our flaws. Well, we don't want to be perfect. It's and probably, we'll never change now, so we've learned to live with that. No, no, so there we are. So that's probably brought us to an end. A lovely close, so, lovely close. Lovely close, so yeah. uh, be as empathetic as you can. Keep smiling. Yep. And the more you put into life, the more you get back. Yep. And there was a thing on Radio 4, which was lovely, about everybody wanting somebody else at the moment. But apparently you need five minutes a day to talk to somebody new, and that will carry you through to the next day. I've said that on previous episodes, and I'm sure I get that from you. But you never know what a new connection what doors will open up when when I reflect on my life and I'm sure it would be the same for you opportunities have arisen a bit like going to the back of the office and doing auctioneering through a conversation like if you hadn't spoken to that chap at the auctioneering room you wouldn't have then become an auctioneer you wouldn't have then done this and you, so yeah. every new opportunity not every but majority come from a conversation with someone new 
You just never know. You don't. All about the people you meet, as I mentioned. People are so time. weirdly like nervous and shy to talk to new people. I think it's the most fascinating and interesting and exciting thing because you just don't know. And try and be interested in them more than you try and be interesting to them. Yeah. So try and find out more about them than you share about yourself. Because otherwise you're not really forging a meaningful connection. You're just offloading yourself onto someone, which is never fun. There we go. The Olivia. end. Well the done, end. Dad. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Tea, time for a cup of tea. And um, I'll join you next time. Take care. Bye.